You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we continued our series in Philippians as Broadmoor's middle school pastor, Richard Denson, preached from chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. In our conversation today, we talk about how an overview of this passage illustrates the believer's journey with Christ from justification to sanctification, and ultimately to glorification. Even still, most of our discussion today centers around the justification process or our pursuit of Christ-likeness. We also hear a personal story from Richard about how God has redeemed something that happened in his own life that he's carried for 20 years in his coming to a point of laying that burden down even as recently as a few weeks ago. I think you'll be encouraged and blessed by today's podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is after the message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Good hey. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Thank you, Chase, for that round <laughs> yeah. of applause. Yeah. Uh, wow. Go, yes. Chase. <laughs> Chase is excited. He is. Hey, uh, everybody have a good weekend? Yeah. yeah. Very yeah, good. I, so. yeah. I feel kind of manly. I put up a... We... Uh, I fixed a fence. Like I had to put, tear it down, build a new one up. It's a very manly thing to do. It yeah. does. Yeah. Look at you, bro. Yeah, well, I know. It may like, fall, which it may which fall manly down part did you do? Did you do the, um, like holding the fence up while someone else? No, it was all me. <laughs> all you. All you. Did it. New post. You, new wow. dig, like dig the post did, holes. I actually had to like, pull up a post. Yeah. Oh, okay. Put a new one in, concrete it, do the frame, yeah. like wow. do the whole thing. Did you just bear hug it and like squat down and lift it out? Is that how you pulled it up? No, I have I'm, I have better plans than that. It's okay. not just brute strength. Oh, yeah. I know that surprises you. I mean, I you. just figured. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, Captain America. I mean, but it, it was only you. So, like, what other plan would you have? That's all I had. So I just had to, like, make little braces up and do the whole thing so I could get it square. And Look at you go. Man, that's well, awesome. Again, it may be on the ground by the time I get home today. <laughs> nah, that'd be but, there is a storm coming through tonight. I know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be tested out? <laughs> a tree's going to fall right through it. <laughs> All that work. <laughs> no. Don't speak uh, that. Oh, uh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Great weather. Like, so it was a yeah. good. It was, it it was, was good great. weather to get out and do yeah. events. Yeah. That's right. So, um well, good. Hey, uh, so it's going to be a great podcast today. Uh, Josh Brady is out. He is. Uh, so that's why it's great. That's that that interesting. Ooh, wow. wow. Well, that's okay. not exactly not what I meant. But, uh, but I do realize <laughs> that it did come off that way. So, Josh, if you're listening sorry, to this, Josh. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> No, Josh has taken some uh, some much needed time off, and uh, which is why Richard Denson preached on, on Sunday, and yes, so Richard's yeah. on the podcast with us today. Richard, we're glad that you're here, man. Thank you, Mike. And uh, but we also have Sean Selman. Yeah, we've got Neil Marsh. We've got, got Preston Crow, and as always, Chase Hammock. Yeah, Chase in the producer's mm-hmm. seat. And yeah, thank you. I was just waiting for the applause. All right. Um, so anyway, no, it was a great Sunday, and, and uh, Richard, you you did a really really great job, man. It thank was you, uh, really good. very kind, really so good. so good. I, I I got a kick out of listening as as uh, as you were you were preaching, and, and like so often, like the it was evident that the congregation was like right there with you, like mm-hmm. they were connected, yeah. they were they were engaged. Even yeah, from the back row. Yes, yeah, that's right. I still need to find that lady. That I need was? to find that lady. <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening and you're the lady up toward the back, yes, get yeah. a lot of input. Then yes, 
I need to, I need to find to you. I actually hear her every week, and I, I, know, and I yeah. but I, I, I've never known. I feel like I know her because I know her voice, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure if I walked past her that I would. Yep. Right. Yeah. But if I heard her in a crowd, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's her." Yeah. 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 So between she and Marcus, you know, yeah. You feel really encouraged when you're up there. Absolutely. So, um, anyway, yeah. So, so great, uh, man. It was a really great message, and uh, appreciate the uh, the time and the the preparation that you put into it. So, uh, you know, as we just get started in, in conversation, man. I'm, uh, before, well, before we get into anything too deep, so mm-hmm. there is a burning question that Chase asked earlier, but I'm going to ask it for him right now. Okay. Um, so, did you shave your beard? Oh, in order to look less like Josh Braddy when you preached. <laughs> no, I did not. And, <laughs> but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. And I am very, if I'm being completely honest, I am very sad that I shaved my beard. Uh, um, I was talking to my wife one night, and I said, you know what? This thing's getting really, really long. And as I've gotten older, it's gotten more and more salt and pepper. like mine. Is that what you're saying? Yours looks amazing because mm-hmm. it's predominantly one color. So yes, color, it is. Which is what color is Thank that, you for Richard. pointing what that out. That? Wisdom. That's what color uh, is. Uh, the color of, the wisdom. Color of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And the proverb says, a wise man's glory is his gray uh, hair. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. There you go. Good, um, good recovery. Yeah. <laughs> I salvaged that one. <laughs> um, but she, I said, yeah, baby, I think I might, I might shave. She goes, well, go ahead. And so I did. And the second I sat there and took off part of it, I was like, this is a uh, mistake. Like, complete regret. Uh, but you're yeah. committed then. It's like, yeah, right. I, I, I have you're to do in. it. And I have to do it now because I can't walk around with half my my, my face yeah, shaved. I mean, you could have shaved it down with a goatee, I guess, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. And But the funny thing is my wife does not like the goatee. Hmm. She does not. But the good thing for Richard is give him it like three days and he'll be <laughs> right back where <laughs> yeah, he was. That's right. Yeah. On the top of my head was his... That's where the that. challenge lies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <I> <laughs> hey, this, this was funny talking about comparisons. Uh, there's there's a guy in our church that is also ha- shaves his head. And he was like, I had a lady walk up to me today and go, hey, great job preaching. <laughs> 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 he said, I was like, I didn't preach. <laughs> Oh, it's, that's a gross stereotype. <laughs> there you go. It's sorry, but I mean, like, he, it was funny. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, what's funny is that I still, to this day, as in yeah. two and a half years in, I still have people come up to me and say, hey, Josh, can't, and then they look at me and they're like, uh, okay, you're never mind, Josh. you're not Josh. Yeah, I'm you're like, not Josh. I'm not Josh. Yeah. So. Well, man. It's a compliment, uh, but. <laughs> beard or no beard, it was great. And, Thank uh, you. So, so we always, we often ask uh, Josh this question, um, and well, I guess everyone who, who preaches, but. Uh, in your preparation, as you were studying and, and getting ready to preach this message, like what was it like for you? Were there any any things that challenged you? Or I, there was there was, I will say this: I had an amazing time preparing, um, in the sense of just I love teaching in general. Um, I love being able to sit there and share God's word. There is a freedom in doing that, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that's the right word for it, um, but as I prepared. Just you have this tension because it was my first time preaching before this congregation, but mm-hmm. also a crowd this size as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's always that thought of like, holy cow, there's you know, fifteen to hundred to two thousand people looking at you, and you want to obviously do your best. Yeah. One of my life verses, Colossians three twenty three. Whatever you do, work at it wholeheartedly mm-hmm. for the Lord and not for men. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have that tension of like, okay, I, I want to do well, um, and you want to make sure that you are, um, you're true to the scripture. Yeah. You you. But you also want to be very clear. Um, but I, one of the things for me is, 
I want to be very personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to come across as someone who's like, okay, I am speaking down to you. Mm-hmm. I am speaking with you. Yeah. Like we, it's almost not not like it's ha- having a conversation, but mm-hmm. almost like it's just like this. Yeah. Like we are, I'm, I may be the one speaking, mm-hmm. but it's it, th- we're together yeah. here. We're yeah, walking right. together yeah. here, and yeah. that and that that was the biggest thing that I really wanted to relay. Yeah. Um. And uh, the feedback that people have 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 given given me since I. Uh, was finished had been very encouraging yeah. so loving mm-hmm. um so actually there was uh, there was one comment that was given that it was very affirming and it was actually that those three things i just mentioned yeah mm-hmm. it was you were clear you were true to the scripture and you were real yeah and when this person sent me that message it literally just i was yeah. like yes that's what you wanted that's exactly mm-hmm. what i wanted yeah. you know that's so well. that's that's kind of where we're at well, and I think too, from my perspective, man, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. uh, it was well done, mm-hmm. well done. So, um, so you preached, uh, you preached chapter three of Philippians, uh, starting in verse twelve mm-hmm. through uh, through verse twenty one, and um, and so you know, I, I, Sean, you made an interesting observation about this passage. That I think it'd be good to start our discussion here, just about how this this paints a, a really complete picture of our progression. Uh, our spiritual progression over time, right? Yeah, coming in Christ. to faith in Christ. Yeah, that's and right. Then... And so there's 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 three big words that mm-hmm. oftentimes we we maybe even get confused or um, jumbled up, um, and it's justification, sanctification, glorification, right? And it's just that whole idea of you know I'm I'm being made right with God, right? Uh, that that Christ has has saved me, He's redeemed me. Um, um, in essence, he's he's removed the the power of sin over my life, mm-hmm. right? Or, or the penalty the penalty of sin over my life. Um, so now I'm I'm no longer under God's wrath. And then you have sanctification, which is the the process of Christ removing the power of sin over your life, mm-hmm. being controlled by the Spirit rather than the flesh. And then finally, glorification is the the removal of the presence of sin forever and always, mm. right? And let's go. Um, the body is glorified and made perfect in that moment. And so you see that in twelve, it talks about Christ Jesus has made me His own. Mm-hmm. Um, not not based on anything I've done. It's mm-hmm. all the work of Christ. It's all because of who He is. Mm-hmm. It's all because of His sacrifice, His resurrection. He has been the one that has set me right before God and has removed the penalty of sin for me. So justification. Justification. Mm-hmm. And then you see this pursuit. You you talked uh, a lot about this this pressing on and this mm-hmm. pursuit of Christ and the pursuit of Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. And I think you did really well at the end of tying it. That that's that's not just because of our mm-hmm. our works or our ability to do so, but it is is literally through the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in Christ. Exactly. And so Christ is bringing about this completion of work that He started in us, mm-hmm. and knowing that while we live on this earth, that'll never be complete. And mm-hmm. so that that work that Christ is doing is sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Showing us that we can be led by the Spirit instead of the flesh, mm-hmm. and then. Then the final thing is in verse uh, 21, it is Christ who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power uh, that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Mm-hmm. Like so, so Christ's power will actually bring this work to completion that we will be, um, we will be like Christ eventually 
and be able to live without the presence of sin, mm. uh, the way God intended things to be, um, that's glorification. Mm-hmm. And so you see that full progression in this passage here. That's which, so good. Which is really yeah. good. Yeah, that's man, that's great. Yeah. So like I totally missed that. <laughs> I mean, that's a great overview. Yeah. Really. It is. Yeah. And when you see so, it all in one passage, yeah. I think it helps us because I think we tend to focus on one thing or another. Right. Um, you know, I think for me, at least growing up, there was a focus on justification. And then it seemed like there was a focus on glorification. And I'm even thinking back to like the hymns right. that we sang and things like that. A lot of those were that forward looking like one day right. it's all going to be great. Uh, sanctification, though, is where we live. I mean, that's right now. the chunk yeah. of our existence on this planet is mm-hmm. the sanctification. Right. The messy and yet middle. sometimes I, I don't know if we talk as much about that. That's right. That part of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, the, the messy middle. I like the, the uh, messy middle, right. that, which was, I think, a yeah. great yeah. statement. That too. middle of um, we're becoming who God has already claimed us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Which, so, you know, as we're talking about that, the sanctification part, um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think you used a lot of really great illustrations uh, on Sunday that were really helpful, um, Richard. And and but one that you used is it really came from verse thirteen and fourteen. And you 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 referenced the fact that that it's kind of like this uh, this picture of running a race. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how uh, in a race, you know, you've got small victories mm-hmm. and small losses throughout mm-hmm. the course but yet you have to keep your eyes on the end goal mm-hmm. and the yep. prize and so exactly. uh, and you liken that to to our spiritual journey as well and, yeah. and our sanctification process so uh man talk more about that like yeah it's so it's one of those things that you know we especially in our culture and how the world affects us we always focus on say okay you know, and and Neil has actually pointed this out in my own personal life as he has, has pastored me very well. Is even in this process of making of uh, getting this message ready, is keeping focused on all the small little things that Christ gives you that he victories, small victories you do win. Because mm-hmm. I remember whenever we were talking about post the sermon prep, I was always I was focused on what I did wrong. Mm. I was. I mean, I was focused on the fact. Okay, I have to fix this. Have to fix this. Have to fix this. Have to fix this. And he goes, but look at what you did right. Mm-hmm. Look at what how God has helped you in this. And I think that's, that is so vital for us because we live in a culture that will always highlight what is wrong, mm-hmm. highlight how you've messed up, highlight how you've, what you've done wrong. And for us as believers, we can get caught in that. And what we do is we say, okay, well, I, am, I have this issue, I have this issue, I have this issue. And what we do is we make this mountain of how, what is wrong with me and belittle the fact that Christ has already covered that because mm-hmm. of the cross, mm-hmm. and that in that sanctification process, mm-hmm. not only have I been set free from you know that sin, but also, hey, let's not focus on this, because if you focus on this, you're never going to get closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the thing, is our eyes fixed on Jesus and his work and what he's doing in my life. Mm-hmm. And so especially in those small victories and small defeats, like you said, Focusing on Christ likeness—that was the mm-hmm. end. That was the goal, you know. So when I do mess up, and like for example, I use the analogy of the uh, family devotion time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, every single thing that I said, I have legitimately yes. said to my kids, mm. um, you know. And I sit there, and there's sometimes I go away from that. I'm like, God, 
that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that accomplished I, nothing. That, I yeah, literally yeah. did nothing there except yeah. get mad at my kids. <laughs> I mean, in our devotion time. Yep, exactly. Yeah, in our in our family devotion time. But then, God said, "Are you being faithful? Yeah, you're still you still don't you don't focus on how mad you got or the fact that maybe you know what you barely got through, you know this verse, but you were faithful and you're still pursuing me. You're still walking towards me." Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things. Well, and I think too, because you shared later that um, you know one of your kids came and said, "Hey, yeah. are we going to yeah. read scripture that's today?" Right. That's right. Uh, and and I think completely again, off right. guard. But in that, you know, when you feel like, man, this is accomplishing nothing, this mm-hmm. isn't making an impact. At the same time, I think it's it's a little uh, affirmation mm-hmm. and one of those small wins to say that uh, you know what you're doing makes a difference, and mm-hmm. it's building in your kids a love for God's word mm-hmm. and uh, and and the importance of spending time mm-hmm. in His word. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and yeah. and another little share thing about that was my daughter Serena. Uh, she came to me one night and confessed my sin. There are nights where you know sometimes I don't do a good job of being the spiritual leader and praying with my kids before we go to bed and this, that, and the other. And this is convicting to hear, but my daughter goes, Daddy, we, we haven't prayed in two nights. Hmm. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I yeah. mean, full transparency. That, yeah. that, that, and, but the point, the point is just like we said with, mm-hmm. with Elijah saying, Daddy, I'm going to read scriptures. They, they hold on to that. They remember that yeah. because that's important. Yeah. You know, and so. Yeah, it's so good. I, I think there's something here that, um, you're talking about the world often focuses on our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes when we're corrected or um, somebody points out something like maybe, hey, dad, we haven't read, well, we haven't uh, prayed in two nights. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a sense of correction there. And I think the Bible doesn't stray away from that, mm-hmm. right? I think something important for us to remember is all scriptures, you know, yeah. God breathed and it's useful. Correction, correction and yeah, rebuke repro- yep. mm-hmm. but here's the deal the world will view our failures for our demise mm-hmm. hmm. you're right but but christ wants to correct rebuke and discipline for our glory mm-hmm. or for you know or for for you know life in him for yep. to, to move us toward who he is and what he's doing and it's not to our demise mm-hmm. and, I, and i think that's a that's an interesting frame for us to carry hmm. Is that oftentimes we feel conviction is um, is not a good thing, yeah. um, and it is. It's, it's, it's very gracious yeah. and it's merciful on the part of God. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it once again sanctification it moves us toward mm-hmm. reconciliation, oh, right. reconciliation and, yeah. and Christ. All right. Yeah. So here's a question for you, Sean. Since since you said that, okay. um, and uh, so or anybody can answer, but um, but. So I, I hear that. So the, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, convicts us, and, uh, and, and that ought to be affirming to us that, that, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in us. That's mm-hmm. a good thing, right? Right. Um, yet, Scripture also says that the enemy is an accuser mm-hmm. and comes at you and, and points right. out. So it's not just culture that likes to focus in on That's the right. wrong the, things we've done, but mm-hmm. the enemy, it's a tactic of the enemy, right? So how do we know the difference between Ooh, the enemy's good. accusations really and the Holy question. Spirit's conviction? Yeah, we were just having a conversation on this the other day. And I actually have some notes here that I'm looking at for yeah. from that conversation. The Holy Spirit wants to convict, which will then exposes things, which leads to order in a relationship. Right. The enemy will condemn us, 
leading to chaos, hiding, and isolation. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. we can be aware That's of right. what is the result in our life as a follower of Christ mm-hmm. in response to this. Is it a moment of conviction which leads to order in relationship and transparency exposure? Mm-hmm. Or do I find myself in chaos and isolation hiding? Mm-hmm. That's right. And to that it's helpful to know how we're responding to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, if yeah. we see that kind of fruit in it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's, the Genesis, it's the Genesis 3 thing, right? right? Yeah. So Satan comes in, there's this moment that they failed and uh, they hide. When God enters the picture, he's not He's not going to look at them and say, hey, you were wrong. He actually asks, what have you done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it was to draw them out into himself, mm-hmm. right? In Genesis so, 3, you see this beautiful picture of them stepping out of the bushes. By the time you get to Genesis 4 with Cain and Abel, you see them hiding. Hiding mm-hmm. again, yeah. And yeah. in isolation, bringing chaos into the creation yep. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conviction, I, I've always heard it, and I believe this, that conviction will lead us into deeper relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. It calls us to That's want right. to be with him and to come mm-hmm. back to him and to, to be in his presence. And condemnation uh, from the enemy always pushes us away and makes us want to mm-hmm. isolate That's and right. hide. And, mm-hmm. So two and passages for that would be, if you want to do more reading on this, for the Holy Spirit conviction, you're looking at John 16, 7 through 11. And then if you want the enemy, the enemy of the First Peter 5, 8, on the idea of condemnation, mm-hmm. to explore both of those passages help right. with this topic. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and I think e- even that analogy of of the of the runner and the victories and the losses and things like that, you know, there's it's almost like two ditches. We have to stay in the middle because if we focus on those temporary losses, we can so kind of beat ourselves up and be like, "Well, I'm no good. This mm-hmm. is worthless." Um, if we focus on the temporary gains, we can coast. Though we can we can almost go into this mode of, "Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yep. I did this. I read my Bible today, or I did my quiet time, or whatever." And so I can take a break, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, and it's a comparison thing, really, of yeah. us mm-hmm. focusing on what did I do lately, and how does that measure up instead of what's my relationship with Christ and how's He continually mm-hmm. growing me? But I think um, for some people, it's the, it's the loss that's the biggest danger in their life. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of almost pre-wired that when I fail in my mind, I'm going to shut down. Yep. I'm just going to give up. And for some people, I think it's the opposite. Mm. It's they almost have more risk when things have been going pretty well, yep. uh, because they're kind of predisposed to the well. Things are going pretty well. I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to guard it quite as much. I think. Yeah, and I think that uh, it goes in seasons. But I think the Big C Church, we may uh, provide a, an anemic view of the disciples' journey, where we focus mm-hmm. in on just justification mm-hmm. and just glorification, right? rather than emphasizing the middle, mm. which is what you spent right. your time talking about, mm-hmm. which is the sanctification mm-hmm. um, and what that journey looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Hey, so uh, so I want us to talk for a moment uh, about uh, something in verse 14. Uh, so, uh, so Paul says here that one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead... I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so the question here is, what is the upward call that he speaks of here? Well. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So when you look into the pastor there. (laughs) We're all pastors here. (laughs) Um, 
the upward call that, that Paul's talking about is Christ's likeness because truthfully that's that's something that is not like we said um, yesterday is that it's not natural it's not something we are predisposed to do and we won't do because Romans 3 talks about the fact that no one seeks God no one knows God and so we're going away from God mm-hmm. because we're dead lost in our sins and so when we do become justified because of the work of Christ now we have a new life a new hope a new purpose which is Christ-likeness, and that's the upward call. Again, that's the race we're in now. Mm-hmm. Upward call, which is Christ, and then the finish line is to be with Christ in glory, glorified, absent from the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. And so we we have that, and that is truthfully, I mean, and it's, it's hard for us to comprehend that because of our fallen minds. Even in Christ, we still have our fallen minds. But us to sit there and say, perfectly with Jesus? Like the complete absence of sin, mm. like because we and we and we've talked about this many times as a staff is how how sin so deeply affects mm-hmm. everything. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's not just the actions. I mean, it's our mind, our emotions, our reactions, how we handle situations, and the fact that even our thoughts about Jesus can be tainted uh, by sin. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, yes, Christ likeness, and and to me, like if I push that a little bit for why Christ likeness, mm. right? And so, and I think it it goes back to what what is the original call of God on humanity, mm. and that's to reflect His, who He is, yep. to be image bearers. Mm-hmm. And so you have Christ. The reason reason Christ likeness is important is in Christ we have God perfectly. Reflected, exampled, mm-hmm. lived out in in the flesh, right? Yep. And so, this is Christ. Christ came not only to redeem us, but also He lived a life that showed us what does it look like for a man to truly submit himself to God and to glorify Him in everything that He does. And so, so it's, it 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 harkens back to the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. To go to be Christ-like is to be a true, perfect image bearer. Yeah. Um, and so, so, and and I had this vision while ago when we were talking about the whole race thing, you know, mm-hmm. and the failures, mm-hmm. the upward call of like, come on, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like because of Christ, you, I've, I've got you, yeah, you've got this, come, come on. Mm-hmm. So don't 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 stay in your in your small victories. There, yeah. There's a there's a bigger victory to be yes. had. Don't don't wallow in your failures come on come out of that come mm-hmm. toward me mm-hmm. come toward what i really created you for mm-hmm. um and i think there's i think there's a beauty in that that as as god uh through christ and through his holy spirit is is consistently calling us to where we actually find joy and delight mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. so um so yeah that picture christ likeness because he perfectly represents Exactly, God mm. in every way. So, mm-hmm. well, and the fact that he he calls us ultimately to himself—that's right. Not mm-hmm. just that he calls us to some sense of perfection, or he calls us right. to some sense of achievement, but he calls us to himself. And that's mm-hmm. you know, to your point, that's right. that's, that's the end goal. Yeah. Is, is when we are not just becoming more and more like him on this earth, but when we are are with him. But mm-hmm. the um, the thought of him, you, you use the word, and it might be a, a different verse, but it's not a gotcha moment with God. Yeah. Like when we, when we in our minds fail or when we do sin, you know, it's not like he looks at us as gotcha. gotcha. 
but it's really more like I've got you. Like he comes <laughs> alongside of us hmm. and he yeah. says, I, you, I have you. And I, it just made me, since we're That's on good. the race analogy, I just, you know, I think back to these, you see them every now and then, these videos of somebody that stumbles in a race and then another runner, we'll instead of just plowing ahead, will stop and pick them up and literally almost carry them to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine Christ mm-hmm. when we're in those moments just coming alongside of us and saying, hey, I got you. I got you. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, That's like in, in that picture, the the runner is not out of the race That's right. after mm-hmm. he falls. That's right. You know, because going back to the point of the fact of our small failures, we will again build that mountain of failure mm-hmm. and we think we're somehow out of the race now. Yeah. Like that God mm-hmm. is going to sit there and look at us and say, mm, you done messed up too mm-hmm. much or that sin is too bad. You know, and that's, it's, mm. isn't it true? Like the, the the call to be his witnesses wherever we go, right? That mm-hmm. we share what we are experiences. The very thing that is the most um, endearing and paints the biggest, most bold painting of the love of the Father is when we share our failures, mm. and we share that not only the things that have happened to us, but the things that we have done, yeah. mm. and yeah. then to be reclaimed by the Father in yeah. those things, and to be able to share those stories. Um, yeah, that's the thing that is the the stickiest, yeah. right? Or for testimony, that transparent. Yeah, that that's yeah. the stuff, right? Yeah. There was a guy actually in our life group yesterday talking about a moment where he had really an altercation with a, someone at a checkout situation. The the person had overcharged him, and he kind of got got in his flesh in that moment, <laughs> and then uh, got out to the car and said, "God just convicted him," and he went back in. That's awesome. Uh, and went to the person that he had pretty much just had it out with, and explained to them that you know what, I I am a Christian. And what you you just saw there was not a good reflection of that, but I want mm, you to understand that. And well, yeah. it to me, it was a beautiful picture mm. because it was not a hiding moment. It mm. was not a, well, they deserved it moment into that. And I don't know what happened in that cashier's life, right. but to that person, for them to be yeah. able to see mm. the reality of it's not about this person being perfect. Mm. It's about this person understanding that they are they are alive in Christ and mm. And everything they have goes back to what Christ has mm-hmm. done. And mm-hmm. so. You know, and, and I think this this sort of line of conversation really sets us up well for this this next question. You know, because as we talk about as we talk about sanctification and we talk about just just our our vulnerability and and uh, being just open about our brokenness and things like that. Um, Richard, one of the things you you talked about on Sunday and you mentioned was the our need. Sometimes there are things in our past that, that we've maybe mm-hmm. pressed down, we buried, and mm-hmm. and our need to uh, to take those things and to lay them at the cross. And so I'd love for us to talk for a moment. Like, what what does it actually mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I think you know, Neil, you 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 pointed out before we we started recording this, you know, that sometimes that that's kind of a churchy jargon. You know, mm-hmm. we we kind of talk about, hey, you know. You need to lay that at the cross. Well, what does that actually mean? Like when we say that, like what do we mean by that? Mm. Yeah. So like for me, like if I, let's say that I've offended someone. So first of all, vulnerability and confession doesn't mean that I will um, openly confess something uh, that also includes other people. Like there are a certain time of confession, which is if I've done something and it affects Preston, that's a private thing. Mm-hmm. So before I go publicly say something about it as a confession, mm-hmm. it's, What's the ripple effects of what I'm about to share? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, then the concept of laying those things down or laying things down at the cross, yeah, I think it's a it's a nice metaphor. It makes it for a, like a really pretty painting or picture that we would like hang on a wall that where someone's laying something down the cross. Mm. But practically, 
It, so going back to our initial frame that Sean provided, when we say laying something down at the cross, which Richard, you talked about, requires exposure to Jesus, is that an act of um, justification, of sanctification, or glorification? So unpack some of those, Sean, or anybody else, but like, yes. is it all three? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I, I think it, it, like this idea of... Um, Think, I think the two that comes to mind first is justification, sanctification, in that um, to lay something at the cross is more than likely I've experienced uh, conviction or um, oppressing of the Holy Spirit to say, here's here's something that is um, I, I just, just that's in the way of the work progressing, right? Mm. Um, and so the work that Christ is wanting to do our, in our life, in that moment, um, I think the Holy Spirit leads us to to let go of that, right? That our identity is no longer found in that. Our security is no longer found in that. Our comfort is no longer found in that. And so to, to release that mm. is a process of sanctification. I think to lay it at a cross is is a more of a, I'm, I'm embracing the reality of, the effect of Christ's work fully when I, when it's that whole idea of I have been justified, Mm. I am in Christ. And so I think it's um, in the sanctification process when we have those moments of, of needing to let go or repent or confess something, it is the, the letting go and the realization that it has been covered Mm. through the work of Christ. So, Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, Richard, I'm, I was going to turn it over to you here in a second anyway, um, okay. because you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned on Sunday, and I appreciate your vulnerability. I think this is one of the things that, uh, you know, your goal of, of connecting and being real, um, and this is one of the things that, that did that. Uh, you talked about uh, just something that you, as recently as three and a half weeks ago, laid, uh, laid at the cross that you, mm-hmm. you let go of. Um, and uh, you were vulnerable. You know, you didn't get into details, and I'm not asking you to do that here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but apparently, it's something that you've carried with you for a really long time. And uh, so, I think it would be maybe helpful just to hear from you. Like, like what changed? What brought you to that place? Where as as recently as three and a half weeks ago, okay. you were you were able to to let go of that and lay it down. Okay. Um, yes, and I, I would like to follow up what you said about that. Um, so. Obviously, without giving uh, detail on it, there was something that happened, obviously, a long time ago. Um, it was over 20 years ago. And then something that happened to me mm-hmm. um, that uh, it, it was a very hard situation to swallow. And as I, as I, grow, as I grew and as I continued to, be, to grow up and, and, and still had this, I want to I say, a, I'm going to use the analogy, but a, a sack on my back that mm-hmm. I always carried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, identity, it kind of became something that I identified, like there's Richard and Richard has this thing here that he's holding on to. Mm-hmm. And that has, that is a part of Richard, yeah. but not in a healthy way. Yeah. Because there's a difference of us having a story that has horrible things in it that has formed our story, but has been redeemed with Christ, but something else that we are holding on to that we have not let go of, mm-hmm. um, that we honestly have become enslaved to, which I honestly, I was, it was one of those things where in, in my mind, I knew that I was called 
to ministry. I knew that I was called to be a proclaimer of the gospel, to, to, to love on people, to minister to students, and, you know, and, and to love doing that. But also there was the thing where in the back of my mind, this would be brought up and the power mm. that this had over me in my mind and my, my emotions, mm-hmm. which automatically, on the other hand, we have an enemy who's prowling around like a roaring sure. lion, will sit there and even for a moment where I sit there and I realize, okay, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to worry about this. It's okay. It's almost like one of those sacks where you tighten it and then it pulls on you a little bit. Oh, okay. And then you retract it. Hmm. But again, that goes to the fact of me trying to handle it instead of sitting there saying, Jesus, here it is. Hmm. Being vulnerable with that and saying, you know what? This situation no longer has power over me Hmm. because of the power of the cross. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is our sin, because of Jesus, holds no power over us. And again, the sanctification process of us being becoming more like Christ, even things that have happened that, you know, we would see as atrocious or horrible or something that's like, hey, you're disgusting because this happened to you or because you did this. That is not the gospel. Mm. Because again, like and think, I think you said earlier, Neil, is, you know, when there's conviction and when we're brought before God vulnerable, it is for life. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. for God's glory mm-hmm. and the magnification of Christ and making the gospel known, not just for us in that moment, but all those that are around us because they see the picture of the gospel lived out in us. And when I was able to share this, um, this story with, with some people, um, and, it, and I'll be honest, it was very hard. It was extremely hard. I, I was ugly crying, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you. Um, but there was freedom in not only confessing that, the fact that I had held on to that and said, God, you can't have it. Because of the, honestly, and I said this uh, yesterday, is the deception that the enemy kept feeding. Mm. Said, you know what, you're not worth it. You don't belong in front of those students. Mm-hmm. If people knew this happened to you, if you, if people knew what was going on, you, you don't belong there. You don't belong in that, on that, that stage. Yeah. Mm. But those are all the lies that the enemy continues to feed. And finally it was like, you know what? This is not who Christ is in me. This is not who, you know, I'm called to be. I'm not called. I don't have chains anymore. Mm -hmm. And so being Mm -hmm. able to sit there and say, God, here's the mess. Here is the thing that I sat there and held on to. And I thought that I was this (sighs) disgusting wretch, if I'm being completely honest, Mm -hmm. because it happened to me. And God said, no, no, no. I got you. And, I, and he has taken that mess. And even, even the day of me sharing that, I had another person who I, I know and I care about very well shared that my story is not, is not unlike others. But what it did was it was a bridge for us to be able to connect to know and be known for God's glory and the mm. magnification of the gospel. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's good, man. Hey, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's an interesting thought as you were sharing. You know, we, we often talk, talk about sanctification, when the removal of the power of sin. But it's not just the power of our sin. Mm. It's also the power that someone else's sin might have over us. Mm. And I, I think that's that's we need to remember that as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
like that um yeah. that that that's important as well mm-hmm. because if we're not careful we'll allow the sinful actions of someone else mm-hmm. to drive our emotions and our thoughts and our fears and those kinds of things um i would add to that um that you mention it a group of people mm-hmm. um a group of people that you believe and because of living life together has your best interest in mind, mm-hmm. uh, wants you to pursue Christ, creates a safe place for you to voice those things, to be cared for, to be reminded of the gospel. That We emphasize this so much in this room about the importance of, of doing life together, mm-hmm. uh, being the church, not just a gathering on Sunday mornings, but people that are sharing life together Christ begins to use that, like you said, in others' lives and to encourage one another. If we go back to an earlier part of this passage, uh, Josh shared with us a few weeks ago, just the whole idea of Epaphroditus and Timothy mm-hmm. and how Paul and those guys were constantly encouraging one another mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is a beautiful work of God, yeah. right? That's the beautiful work of Christ's sanctification using the body of Christ to to carry one another along in this journey and so i think that's that's mm. huge and important as well yeah that's good hey uh, guys we're 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 really almost out of time but uh you know i know <laughs> and here we are again uh uh richard i know you felt a little rushed toward the end of your message yesterday and, and uh, didn't probably didn't feel like you you got to spend the kind of time that you would have liked to on uh, verses, uh, uh, some of the last verses in this passage and here we are again with the podcast uh, <laughs> uh, at the same position but um, you know, maybe a good question as we, we consider the last few verses, particularly verses 18 through 19, uh, and if we could quickly speak to this, uh, you know, what does it mean when, when, when Paul talks about enemies, those who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ? Like, uh, what does it mean to be an enemy of the cross of the Christ? The, the cross of the Christ. <laughs> the, cross. The, we got you. the cross of the Christ. Christ. We, yes. we got you, Mike. Yep. So. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm. Connect, connecting myself here. I sneeze real quick. That's okay. Uh, no, I think I, I think to um, it goes back to the whole idea of I, I'm not I'm not going to embrace or accept who Christ is and what He's done. Mm-hmm. Like th- that whole idea of He has paid the penalty for my sin. Mm-hmm. He He has um, He's made things right with God and. To, to say, I don't want, instead, mm. I want to live life on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah, he even talks about it. I mean, you know, they're in this destruction. Their God is their belly or their appetites. You know, they, they follow, chase after their own, uh, their own appetites and their glory and their shame. And their minds are set on earthly things. And so, yeah. That, With that. Oh, good. Mm. No. Uh, for me, I go back, like as I have this conversation, I go, I pivot back to Hebrews 11. And you see a list of people who were in the middle uh-huh. of circumstances. Uh-huh. And some of those circumstances didn't get better, but they continued to step in faith yeah. over uh-huh. and over again, pursuing holiness, pursuing what the Father had for them, mm-hmm. um, not being driven by their own desires or their own preferences, yeah. uh-huh. but daily working out their salvation with fear and trembling. Uh-huh. And you see a beautiful list. And I'm, I'm looking at that list going, imagine at this season of my life, if I were, of course I'm not, but if my, if it was about Neil, right? Um, and Neil's name was listed in Hebrews 11, what would be the current set of circumstances that I would need mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. give over in the middle of wherever I'm at 
and what would faithfulness look like in that in that season mm-hmm. um in my sanctification right mm. and I, that's kind of where I'm, I'm revisiting that passage in response to what she preached on sunday um yeah. what is required of me not that he loves me any less or more if my obedient but out that's of that good. joy um what that's good like? Um, hey, great, great conversation today. And uh, as we as we sort of wrap things up, uh, you know, I just want to point everyone back to uh, to verse seventeen in this passage, where, where Paul says, "Join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us." And um, and so, you know, I just want to encourage those who are listening, you know, to uh, and spend time in the Word, and uh, in in certainly our, our greatest and ultimate example is Christ, and um, but. Who are those in your life that you are uh, hmm. that you are, are seeking out that you've identified mm-hmm. who really are uh, further along in that journey of Christ likeness mm-hmm. that you can uh, that you can imitate and you can uh, you can use and have as an encouragement? If we are all thinking about it, like we have those people and God has put those people in our path throughout the years, I, I can think of so many in my life uh, that have been that for me. And um, but let's uh, you know. Again, it comes down. I think we talk about this often. It's community, mm-hmm. and uh, and we we're not meant to to do this or walk this path alone. And so we need the others. We need others in our life to help us. So, um, guys, as always, great conversation. Thank mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and I uh, look Thank forward you. to next week. And Richard, great job again. Thanks, Pam. Thank you great job. Love Thank you guys. so much, guys. Appreciate y'all. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others, and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.